King of kings and Lord of lords. Wonderful is our God. Wonderful is our Savior. Hallelujah. Mighty to save, mighty to deliver, mighty to heal. There is nothing that he can't do. For all things are possible to him who believes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Well, before you're seated, turn to somebody, welcome in the love of the Lord, and say, you look like a conqueror. You look like a conqueror. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, it's true. It's in him. And all the promises are yes and amen. Glory to God. He paid the price. He shed his blood. He went into hell. He took the punishment on him that should have been on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's like somebody paying off your mortgage. They go to the bank, they pay your mortgage off, but you insist on making the payments. We'll pray for you. Well, that's like people that Jesus has uh, paid the price for their sin, took their punishment, and they said, that's okay, I'll take it myself. He already took it because it's a punishment you can't pay. It's a price that's beyond what you can afford, and he paid it for us. So that we could be free. Hallelujah. 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 And there's one thing that I found out about being free in Jesus. It don't mean flying around like an angel with a diaper on. It means walking in this life victorious. I mean, you think about Jesus. You know, some of the fiercest military people came to arrest him at the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, they said, are you Jesus of Nazareth? He said, I am. Bam! They all bit the dust. Because that's power. And the power comes from his word, but his word comes from his nature and his character. So as much as you want to develop in faith, you've got to develop in his nature and in his character. Hallelujah. Because he's given you the authority on this earth that you can walk in authority and dominion over every circumstance you deal with and face. Glory to God. Glory to God, more than conquerors and overcomers in this life, in this life and in this day, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to ask you to open up to the book of Revelation chapter 1. And I want to welcome everybody on live stream and podcast. If you are online, I'd, um, I'd ask you if you want to, you can go and just set up an account on live stream. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no charge for it. There's no annoying emails. They don't bug you or anything. But the reason that you sign up with an account is so that you can get a notice when new podcasts or live streams are coming out or that you can comment on live stream. And you have to be signed in in order to comment. And we like to hear your comments, and it's always a blessing to us. So we welcome all of you, and we're glad that you're here with us today, that we all join together around the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. This is the Apostle John. He's on the Isle of Patmos. 
He's under hard labor on, on the Isle of Patmos. He was, ex he was uh, uh, banished there because they couldn't kill him. They just couldn't kill him. It really ticked Nero off. He could not kill John. So he said, well, if we can't kill him, let's get rid of him. Let's put him over on the Isle of Patmos. And actually, John outlived Patmos. Patmos shut down. And he was still alive. And he retired over to the city of Ephesus. And um, he's outlived everything. Glory to God. <laughs> Nothing could kill him. Praise the Lord. So here on chapter, in verse 9, chapter 1, he said, I, John, your brother, and fellow partaker in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance which are in Christ, which are in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome, Pedro. We're glad you could be there with us today. So he says here, he starts off by saying, I, John, your brother, you know, which means we're all in the same family. Isn't that right? We have the same father. And he says, I'm a fellow partaker with you. Glory to God. I'm dealing with the same issues as all y'all are dealing with. You know, he's not the great apostle or the great pastor looking down at others. But he's saying, I'm right in the mix with everybody else. I'm right in here with you. I'm dealing with everything just like you deal with. And he says, I'm dealing with it because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So he was walking in the plan of God. He was doing the things God wanted him to do. He's sharing the word. He's speaking the, 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 the gospel. He is walking in the ministry of reconciliation, doing the things that he's supposed to be doing. Isn't that right? And right there in the middle of it, right because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, he gets put on the Isle of Patmos. But he is fulfilling his plan, not that Patmos is the plan, but the giving of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus was the plan of God in his life. Isn't that right? Just like all believers, he's given us all the ministry of reconciliation. So he's fulfilling his position. He's in the mix with everybody else, and he's not above anybody. He's right there. Isn't that good to know? And then in verse 10, it says, And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. All right. He says, I was. And the way that's actually written in the Greek, it means that I came to be suddenly and unexpectedly found myself in the realm of the spirit. And the way it's written is in the middle voice. The middle voice means that both John and God did something together. And that's what caused this sudden unexpected occurrence to take place now he says here that i was in the spirit or in the realm found myself in the realm of the spirit on the lord's day this was not sunday nor was it the sabbath and neither should it have a capital l for the lord's day it was actually the day to honor emperor domitian the psychopath that was heading up rome at the time and uh, he had a special day and on his special day everything stopped to honor the emperor. So what was John doing on his day off from hard labor? He's praying. He's praying. Now, he could have been complaining. He could have been whining. He could have been angry about, the, you know, here I am, God, can't you see what's going on? I'll tell you what, I'm doing what you want me to do, and here I am in hard labor. I mean, he could have been complaining. He could have been mad about it. He could have caught up on his uh, missed TV episodes. He could have streamed a lot of the current movies that he hadn't gotten to watch since he was in hard labor. 
He could have watched some sports because, I mean, it was sports season. You know, tuned into the Coliseum and see what's going on. I mean, after all, he's an 80-year-old man. He's been working hard. He needs a break. Let's just turn on the TV and veg out. Huh? No, but what did he do? He spent his free time. Free time. It's the Lord's Day, Domitian's Day, so it's free time. What does he spend his free time doing? Praying. Why? Because he was busy the other times. He was busy all the time under hard labor. Okay? You know, and sometimes we say things like, oh, I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. I just need to vegetate out, sit in front of the TV, and just do nothing and think about nothing. And that's why your head gets filled with all kinds of you-know-what. Because we just vegetate out. And actually, all you do by vegetating is you rest your body. You do nothing for your mind. You do nothing for your spirit. When you could pray and get restored and refreshed spirit, soul, and body. Your whole being. Why should you only take care of part of your being when you can take care of your whole being? So why was it that John, in his free time here on the Isle of Patmos, why was it that he spent time praying? Because he wanted to spend his time with the one he was living for. The one he was living for. See, there's a lot of Christians that don't live for God. They want to believe God for stuff. They want God's stuff. They want God to move. They want God to do this. They want God to do that. And then they get ticked off because they don't think God's doing nothing. But they're not living for him. So when they get free time, they'd rather vegetate in front of the TV than to spend the time with the one they're living with. But not you. (laughs) Are you with me? See, John is not just a Christian. John is not just a churchgoer. John's not just a word reader trying to get his needs met. But John was honoring, worshiping, and reverencing, and giving first place to the Lord in whom he lived for. And suddenly, something happened. Hallelujah. How many of you want suddenlies to happen? How many of you want God to move in your life unexpectedly and beyond what you ever believed or thought? Well, you got to get in position. It's about getting in position. It's not going to happen in front of the TV. It's like people would say, you know, all the time, well, you know, I tell you what, God never talked to me. Well, he can't talk to you in that Jack Daniels bottle. Don't shout me down. I know. I lived with Jack a long time. <laughs> Jack never talked to me. Before that, I spent a lot of time with my granddad. Old granddad. Hundred proof. And he never talked to me either. Are you with me? You got to be in position. You got to be in the right place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 48. God is so good. You know, he loves you so much. He's done everything to make it all possible for you. Hallelujah. Isaiah 48, 3. He says, I declared the former things long ago, and they went forth from my mouth, and I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted 
and they came to pass. So God declared, and we know that the Bible says that he formed the worlds through the word, and it's not the worlds of the cosmos and creation, but it's the Greek word ions, which means the ages. He's formed the ages of time through the word of God because he would speak through the prophets and the prophets would speak it upon the earth and then it would happen. And he was forming the ages of time through the speaking of the word. And in the fullness of that time, Jesus came. Isn't that right? And in the fullness of that time, of this time, Jesus will return. Why? Because God's declared it. He's declared it. He's shown it. He said it. And he does it. All he needs is somebody to take his word and speak it on this earth. Because you're the one that has dominion and you're the one that has authority. Well, I'm just waiting for God. You're going to be waiting a long time. Because he needs some man, woman, human being to work through. Because he gave all dominion to mankind. There's a lot of screwballs out there speaking a lot of things that are happening. But the church is just silent and quiet. Are you with me? God declared to Abraham that he would have seed and that he would have land. And when Abraham got fully persuaded, suddenly happened for both the land and the seed. Now, the land was easier for him to believe than it was for the seed, especially as he got older and older. So he got to Canaan before he got to the birth. And we studied that on Wednesday night. But when faith came alive, and Abraham acted on that faith, suddenly happened. Suddenly he was in the land of Canaan. Suddenly birth came to Sarah, him and Sarah. Isn't that right? Amen. Glory to God. God says it. He needs man to believe it. He needs man to say it. And he needs man to act on it. And then God will perform it. But he can't perform it unless you act on it, say it, declare it, and believe it because he can't do it apart from your faith because it's not God's faith that works anything on the earth. It's man's faith. Which means when you understand this, you stop blaming God for all the garbage going on. And we understand the responsibility that we have to work with God, just like John said, fellow Fellow worker. Well, John's fellow workers with the people he was talking to, but the people are to be fellow workers with God. And that's what it tells us in the Bible, that we are co-workers with him. We work together. There's nothing he does apart from us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we're not discounting really gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit can operate, but that's just as God wills. And that's not because you have a need, but it's because in the mind of God, he is seeing generations. And he knows exactly what's coming down the road and what needs to be done to set the ages. Amen. Now, there was a word of the Lord that came through Pastor Nid back in December, and I'm going to read it to you. And uh, we printed them out, and they're out in the foyer on the table. And I didn't want to give them to you because I don't want you to sit there reading it, and we're trying to teach, and you're busy reading something. Not that you would do that. But you know, you know how the, anyway. So, so you can pick them up in the foyer on your way out. So this was the word of the Lord. And um, I'm going to not add to it, but explain some of the things as we go along. So the Lord said, I do not give up my son because I'm willing to give him up. I give up my son because of my love for you and my care for you. 
and the life and the nature that I have planned for you. He's planned things for you. I give him up so you can be a co-worker with my word so that you can live and walk the victory that I have prepared for you. He's prepared a life and a walk of victory. He paid the high price for you and he shed his blood for you. There's nothing in the world you cannot do to obtain what my word and my power has provided for you to live and to walk in on this earth. Amen. I am he, the Lord who heals you. I am he, the Lord who delivers you. I am the one, the head and the tail. I, I'm sorry, the head and not the tail. I am the one who created you to be the head and not the tail, to be above and not beneath. I was there when you were born. I was there creating your future and your character. I was there to set the goal and the path for you to take hold of. You know, it's like we've always said, nobody's born by accident. There were absolutely no accidents on the face of the earth. Now, your flesh that you live in might have been an accident, but not you. You're not an accident. You know, you know mom and dad might have gone, oh, you're pregnant. You know, it may not have been in the plan. But that doesn't mean you weren't in the plan. See, you are not that flesh sitting there. You are the real person, the child of God. Isn't that right? Yeah. The spirit of man. And you are not an accident. You came here with purpose and on purpose. And God doesn't just do things haphazardly. Oh, yeah, let's just send them down to the earth. It all with purpose, all has purpose. And your whole life and victory and, and, and everything was planned out before you were even born. He said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I appointed you for a particular purpose in life. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he set the goal, he set the path, but now it's up to us to take hold of that. And what path and what, what is it? It's a, it's a path of victory and overcoming. Overcoming the devil, overcoming anything and everything that hell has to throw at any human being. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, he goes on to say, I am he that my father has sent on this earth, stripped of my dignity, given up of my rights to take up for what you cannot obtain and you cannot do for yourself. I did not shed my blood to cover your sins, but that my blood has washed you from sin. Notice what he said here, what, to take up what you cannot obtain and cannot do for yourself. This is one of the erroneous things teachings about faith and it's a point of arrogance and that is oh when I get faith my faith made this work that's arrogance your faith the only reason for faith is to open the door to the power of God to create things and make allow God to move in your life God does not move where he's needed otherwise there'd be no need on the earth God's moves where he's wanted and faith proves that you want him and when he sees you want him, he'll move on your behalf. Glory to God. So he says, I'm he that my father sent to the earth, stripped of my dignity, given up of my rights to take up for what you cannot obtain and you cannot do for yourself. I did not shed my blood to cover your sin, but that my blood has washed you from sin. It is no longer covered. I was he who will do those signs and wonders in and among you. See, what is God doing here? He's making declarations. You've got to get those things in your heart, in your mouth, and in your life. But you fail, he goes on to say, but you fail to recognize my signs and wonders that I perform. 
that you look at and you say, oh, that's nice. But it's just not nice. But it is the power for you to obtain the very things I provided for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The power to obtain. The power to obtain what he has provided. You know, it's like going to the buffet. You know, you go into the buffet and they set all the food up on the buffet, but they don't force feed you. You have to walk up to the buffet and obtain what has already been provided. And that's what it is when, when the Bible, you know, God has provided everything that pertains to life and God. And he's provided it all. He's provided your victory. He's provided for you to be an overcomer. He's provided for you to defeat the devil and all of his works and everything that hell has to offer. He's provided it all. But we have to step up to obtain it. Amen. And the way we do that is through faith. Just like when, you, when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, he said to Nicodemus, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that you would have eternal life. That would be nice if that's what he said. But that's not what he said. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him would not perish but have eternal life. So it's the believing that takes what God's provided and brings it into your life. That's how you got saved. That's how you get healed. That's how you get delivered. That's how you, you increase in abundance. That's how peace comes to you. That's how your relationships get healed. It's all about believing and taking hold of what has already been provided for you and for me so that we can live above what the devil is offering. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. He says, this is the day that I have created. I want you to see and hear my word and my love and my desire for the church. How to live, how to function, and how to obtain the very promise that I have prepared. That's like people say, well, I believe Jesus heals me. How? Now, I don't mean how is he going to do it. What I mean is how are you going to obtain it? Well, I believe Jesus heals me. How? How are you going to obtain that? You understand? It's like, remember that old song? And we went into the enemy's camp and we took back what he stole from us. Yeah, how? How? Great song. How? You don't know how. You're just singing a song. Means nothing. Gets you no place except frustrated, discouraged, disappointed, wanting to give up because you don't know the how. And that's what the Word of God is about. How? Yes. How? Old Testament will say, God will deliver us from our enemies. How? The New Testament is about the how. How is it going to happen? How do you obtain this? God's provided it, but how do we obtain it? That's what it's all about. See, that's the principles of the kingdom. That's why we teach so much about principles of the kingdom, because principles function and operate in every and any area of our life, because we don't get in on the how. And we could hear the word taught about maybe healing, but then it's like, geez, oh, you know, what about, you know, my family's falling apart. Oh, oh, what about, you know, my relationship needs work? Oh, what about I have no peace in my life? What about I can't pay my bills? Same principles, but we don't study. We just want to sit there for an hour and think we get it. 
But if you don't study, you can't put it together, which is the definition of the word understanding. There's him that heard the word, and it was sown into a heart of understanding, and it bare fruit, brought forth 30, 60, 100-fold. Understanding means being able to put the pieces together. If you don't put the pieces together in the Word of God, you don't understand it. You got a piece here. You got a piece there. You got all the pieces for the puzzle, but it ain't put together. Therefore, you never see the picture. And it's the same thing. You got to learn to put it together. This don't happen overnight. This happens by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. the When I first got saved, I came in off the streets. I knew nothing. I didn't even know John 3.16. The pastor said, turn on John 3.16. I'm like, I wonder what that says. I had no idea. I knew nothing. 30 years old, ignorant, totally ignorant. And there I am, hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing. I was hungry for the things of God. And after so many months of going to church about four or five times a week, studying during the week, getting into the Bible, studying my notes over and over and over, hearing it, hearing it, all of a sudden, oh, this piece goes with that piece. Oh, we start putting something together, start to get a little bit of understanding in this area. When the pieces start to come together. Are you with me? The principles of the kingdom. That's what it's all about. The how. He says, soon, very soon, soon, very soon, my son will return. Soon and very soon, you will be with me forever. Soon and very soon, I will show signs and wonders that you can never forget. I am he who wants to do all these great and mighty things among my church through my church, and for my church. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? What does are you ready mean? doesn't mean do you want it. He didn't say do you want it, do you want it, do you want it. Do you like it, do you like it, do you like it. That's not what he said. He said are you ready? What does that mean? It means are you in position for it? That takes examination. We're very quick to say yes about a lot of stuff, but it takes examination of whether you are ready. I had a man one time, he came, came up for prayer of the Lord. I knew the Lord wanted me to pray for him. We called him up in the service. And I knew that he had a, a business uh, someplace out of state. And he came up and the Lord said, ask him if he's ready for the doors to blow off of his business. I said, are you ready for the doors to blow off your business? He said, yep. The Lord said, say it again. So he said, are you ready for the doors to blow off of your business? He said, yes. What is he saying? I want it. So the Lord said, say it again. And I said, are you ready for the doors to blow off of your business? And he stopped. And he thought, am I ready? So after the service was over, he went back home again, got himself ready. And within a year, his business that was failing and almost in bankruptcy turned into a million-dollar operation. Of course, he got ready. It's about being in position. It's not about wanting it. It's not about liking it. It's not about, oh, I believe God can do it. Well, no kidding. That goes without saying. Of course he can do it. Will you let him? Are you ready? Are you ready 
Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for my coming? Are you ready to take hold of what I am about to show you? Again, position. Are you ready to go forward? Position. Or will you sit and wait? Another position. It's no waiting time. It's time to rise up, to get up, go forward. Position. Crossing over the Jordan into the promised land. Hallelujah. Glory to God and glory to Jesus. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you in position? To be a part of. You will see what God's doing, but will you be a part of it? You got to be in position. God has declared it. So will we allow him to move in a season of suddenly? Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. And those over there, don't look at them. Don't look over here about what it is. That's not proof of the truth. I know so many people that say, well, this is what the Word of God says, but this is what's happening in my life, so the Word can't be true. Oh, no, no, no. Somebody and something is lying. Now, if we know the Word is truth and God does not lie, then there's something wrong with that circumstance. It's not God. It's your circumstance that needs to be changed. And why doesn't it get changed? Most people don't know they have the authority to change it by the power of the Word of God. And that's exactly what Pastor Tim was talking about at 930 service, about renewing your mind, getting your mind renewed and start thinking like God thinks. That's why he gave you his word. He didn't give you the Bible so you can walk around and feel holy. He gave you the word to get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, get it in your life, get it working so that you can think like God, you can have God's God's faith. Jesus even said it, have the God kind of faith. You can have the God kind of faith that comes from God's word. You know, you can renew your mind to a lot of stuff. You, you know, there's people that have renewed their mind and believe they're Superman. But are they? No. Why not? Because that type of meditation has no power in it. There's no power in that. I believe I'm Superman. There's no, you can believe it. You can go out and buy a cape. You can get yourself a pair of tights. But when you jump off the top of the building, it's going to prove you ain't Superman. So there is no power in that type of renewal, but the renewal from the word of God releases the power of God to bring change into you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look to what the Lord declares. Get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, and suddenly you will see it manifested. It'll be suddenly to him who believes. Amen. You remember the woman with the issue of blood? She heard about Jesus. She got it in her heart, and she got it in her mouth. If I just touch his garment, I shall be well. Right? Got it in her heart, got it in her mouth. Got it in her heart, got it in her mouth. Jesus shows up in town. Jairus is next to him that could actually have her stoned to death. There's a multitude pressing in on Jesus. She's been suffering a hemorrhage for 12 years. She's in a weakened condition. She's a social outcast. But here's Jesus now, and she said, based on what she heard, which faith came to her, and she declared out of her mouth, if I just touch his garment, I'd get well. What are you going to do now? Now what are you going to do? Here's a, here's a circumstance. Here is a, a, a situation that seems to say you can't do this. There are, there, there's people all around. The, there's, uh, the whole situation says and screams at you, this is impossible. But what carried her through that impossible? Her faith. Her faith that was in her heart, that was in her mouth. See, faith is a conviction. When you have a conviction, you don't change. 
I used to have convictions about sinning, and I did not change. <laughs> sinning was my favorite thing to do. And the more we could do it, the better it was. And the more outrageous it could be, it's fine with me. And I wasn't going to change until somebody came along and started putting something different in me. And Jesus became Lord of my life. And I didn't change overnight. I still had the same stinking thinking. Still had that same habits, same way of doing things. But you know what? I found who I never knew I was looking for. Life changed. Glory to God. Glory to God. The woman with the issue of blood came to a point of decision when the opportunity came. And she acted on what she believed and suddenly came according to her faith. Blind Bartimaeus heard about Jesus. He's blind on the side of the road begging, but he believed what he had heard. But then one day Jesus comes into town. He goes, oh, this is my opportunity. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all the religious people told him, oh, be quiet, be quiet. Don't make a fuss. You know, we're in the presence of God. Don't make a fuss. Be quiet. So then he yells out even more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So then what does he do? All the religious leaders, you know, they're telling him, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. So then Jesus says, bring him to me. And all the religious leaders get, oh, now the spotlight's on them. Jesus looking at them now. Oh, be of good cheer. He's calling you. <laughs> Hypocrites. So what happened with blind Bartimaeus? He wasn't blind anymore. Jesus said, what would you have me to do? In other words, tell me, what do you believe in? What is it you'd have me to do? And Bartimaeus says, I want to receive my sight. He said, be it done to you according to your faith. And he, was, and he got his eyesight. Isn't that right? So when the opportunity came, he acted on what he believed and suddenly came in accordance with his faith. Abraham heard from God over and over and over again. God gave him images. You could count the dust of the, of the, of the, of the, sand, of the sand on the seashore. If you can count the number of stars, so shall your seed be. He made covenant with him. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham so he could start saying, I am the father of many nations because that's what Abraham meant. And he came to the place to be fully persuaded and he entered into his suddenly. And he got what God declared. Amen. God declared it. Abraham finally got on the same page and Abraham started declaring it and it came to pass. And they all believed. They got it in their heart. They got it in their mouth. They didn't look anymore to the right or to the left and suddenly appeared. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1981, 30 years old, I got saved. After I got saved, I was in every church function. I was in every church service. I was in every church event. Anything going on in church, I was there because I was excited about God. And like I said, I found the one that I never knew I was looking for. I was excited to grow in the Lord, excited to grow in his word and the Holy Spirit and his plan for my life. 
January 1982, I stepped up into the pulpit. My pastor uh, had brought us on staff, and we started teaching in the pulpit as a staff member. The Holy Spirit would start to open my eyes to revelation. He started dropping songs on the inside of me because uh, I was a former rock musician, so I knew about music. So uh, I was still working 50 hours a week as an auto mechanic, and I would go to meetings, you know, about five services every week in church. Plus, I would go to other meetings that was in the area that I knew that there was some word preachers coming into the area. And we would go there, and there was a lot of late nights because of all that. And we had kids, and we had jobs. But here's one thing I learned, that I could go to meetings and believe God for my needs to be met. That I would believe God to meet me in the services and I could also believe God to take care of my children and meet them. That the anointing that moves within a service is the same anointing that's going to move on those children. You know, faith works when you have the faith to work. Amen. Faith works in every area, in any area. So then in 1988, there were some major issues that came up in the church that I was in and caused a major split and the church falling apart. So in 1988, I joined ICFM, Ministry uh, Association, uh, which is International Convention of Faith Ministries. And in 1989, I started pastoring. 1990, we started New Life. Well, from 1988 till like about 1993, I was out on my own without a pastor, without input from others. And... Because of what had happened in the church, I kept myself separated from a lot of people so that people wouldn't have to feel like they were being associated with what had happened in that church. And um, so therefore, being on my own, I am receiving revelation from God to share with the people, or I am believing that I'm receiving revelation. Now, why do you say that you're believing you're receiving revelation because I had nobody to bounce it off of. I had nobody else to, to confirm it with. But I was trying to stay close to the Holy Spirit as I could to get instruction and direction to feed the people. So by that time, I'm about 37 years old. So I've only been saved like seven years now. And I believed I was where I needed to be and all that I was doing, I was doing it by faith, believing God. So in 1993, opportunity came finally to where we could go to ICFM conventions. And we went to our first convention in 1993, and we were in services from Monday through Thursday, morning and evening, okay? We went to all the fellowships. We made a lot of new relationships with people, and there was a lot of old relationships that we had rekindled again. And every meeting that I was in was a confirmation that what I was teaching was truth. And that just so excited me that every service, every service started Monday night, every service, all morning, all night, morning, night, continual confirmation. And the last meeting that I sat in was a Jesse Duplantis meeting. And um, I don't know what happened. I was just sitting there like in any of the other meetings, excited like any of the other meetings, but suddenly the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes and starts to erupt on the inside of me. And I had not known this before. 
This was all brand new. And it changed me, changed my life, changed my ministry. And I don't mean that it gave me a new direction or all of a sudden, you know, okay, all of a sudden now I'm going in a whole new direction. No, what it did was it brought me to a new level. Brought me to a new level in my life and a new level in my service to, to the Lord. You know, and I can go back. I mean, I don't have time today, but I can go back time after time after time what God did. Move me up, move me up, move me, move me, move me continually. I mean, whether it would be in my life, whether it be in my finances, whether it be in my health, whether it be in ministry, whatever it might be, God doing things, moving, moving, moving. But why? In position. Being in position. When I came out of that meeting in 1993, I was so cranked on the Word of God. I mean, I would walk into the Christian bookstore that we used to have in town here, and I'd just walk in, minding my own business, you know, and somebody would come over and ask me a question. Boom! <laughs> you know, it was like an explosion would take place. And just the Word of God just come pouring out. And they'd be looking. Now, they knew me for a few years, you know, and they'd be looking at me like, what happened to you? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> well, then the ministry in the pulpit also changed. And we'd be teaching in the pulpit, and then all of a sudden, boom, things would just explode. And I came to find out how many people did not like that. And people would leave, and they'd say, you're too loud. We're not staying. We want it quiet in church. Well, you ain't going to like the throne, because the throne's really loud. It's loud around the throne. Are you with me? Amen. So teaching and preaching at that point came to the forefront in the ministry. Why? One meeting. One meeting. I had been in meetings for years, but there was that one meeting. Acts 14. See, you don't know when suddenly it's going to happen. Suddenly can happen any time. You know, it's like the account of Elijah and Elisha. You know, Elisha was Elijah's protege. He had been with him for about 20 years. And the, the, the king's captain comes to actually arrest Elijah. And Elijah says, well, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. Fire comes down, consumes the captain, and it's 50. And Elisha, he's the new guy. He's like, What? You know, so the king sends out another captain in 50, sends him out to go get Elijah. And Elijah says, because, you know, they didn't respect the man of God. So they said, come down here. The king wants calls for you. He says, well, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. Whew, consume the captain and his 50. And there's Elisha. And Elisha could be saying like, you know, I'm out of here. What if he gets ticked off at me? <laughs> you know, what if he doesn't like me the next time? What if I say something he's not going to like, you know? I'm going to get smoked here. So he could have said, hey, I'm out of here. Well, the next captain in 50 came, and the captain bowed before Elijah and honored and reverenced the anointing on him, the word of God, the, the, the anointing of God. And Elijah went with him. And, of course, Elisha went with him. But what if Elijah quit? What if you missed that one meeting? Yeah, well, I go to meetings, and nothing really happens. Well, maybe you're never in position. You know, you just can't be a piece of flesh sitting on the chair. You've got to be in, opened and ready. And, you, know, you know, it's like worship in the beginning of the service. It's not filler waiting for other people to get in. It's to get you in position. 
to open up your spirit to hear from God. Isn't that right? So here in Acts 14, 8 through 10, everybody okay? 8 through 10, Acts 14. And it says, at least you're a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. And this man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen, and stop here, had seen that he had faith to be made well. He saw that he had faith. How did the man get faith to be made well? He was hearing. He heard. He was listening to Paul. Paul's preaching the word. Faith comes by hearing the word. Isn't that right? So therefore, faith came alive inside of him. Verse 10. It says, and with a loud voice, he said, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and began to walk. So here he is just sitting in a meeting. And he's just hearing what's being said. But something happened on the inside. Faith came alive on the inside of him. And suddenly, direction came. Stand upright on your feet. And suddenly he obeyed. He obeyed his faith. He did not obey Paul. He obeyed his faith. That's an important point. He obeyed his faith. The Lord used Paul to confirm the man's faith. But the man actually responded to his faith. And God acted on that. Hallelujah. Sitting in a meeting and suddenly something happens. How many other people were there? How many other people were listening to Paul? How many other people received in that meeting? They all heard the same thing, but they didn't all hear from the same place. So things can be said in a service, and Rob can hear it, and Bill can hear it, and they both hear the same thing, but they respond differently because they're in different positions when they hear it. You want things to change in your life? You need to get in position. That's the only way it's going to happen. Isn't that right? Amen. You got to be in position, open, ready. There's the man that heard the word. He's on the side of the road. There's a man that heard the word. He's only heard it in his emotions. There's a man that heard the word, but he's so full of concern and worry. And then there's the man that heard the word in the soil of understanding, and he bore fruit. Position. Position is everything. Let him who has ears hear. Let him who has spiritual ears to hear. Let him whose heart is open hear. Let him who is focused in his heart hear. Those will hear what the Spirit says to the church. Not just logical reasoning, formulated mental assentment, but hear it inside. You could sit, I'm, I guarantee you, you could sit all day long and hear the Word of God and go, I agree with that, I agree with that, because you want everything the Word of God says. Oh, I don't want that healing stuff. I love being sick. Oh, I don't want that prosperity stuff because poor just works really good for me. Oh, I don't want that peace stuff because being a maniac really helps me out a lot. You know, everybody wants what God has. And you can agree and say, yes, I agree with that. And you can even say it. It doesn't mean you believe it. Until you get to the point to where you need to make a decision. And what will you choose? Just like the woman with the issue of blood. Amen. Psalm 65, 11.
You have crowned the year with your bounty and your paths drip with fatness. Bounty and fatness. That's what God's all about. Now, remember what he said above when, we've, when he spoke through Pastor Nid. There's nothing in this world you cannot do to obtain what my word and my power has provided for you to live and to walk in on this earth. I am he who heals you, delivers you. I've created you to be the head and not the tail. I was there when you were born. I was there creating your future and your character. I was there to set the goal, the path for you to take hold of. See, he set the path. What path is that? It's the path that drips with fatness. So here's a question that I would put out to you. If this is so, that he crowns the year with bounty and on his path drips fatness, and that's the path that you should be walking on. If this is so, and if you believe this, should we not be giving much time to be sure that we are on the path he set for us? Should we not give time to make sure that we are on the path, walking headed towards the goal and stepping into the future that he has set for us to walk on so that we can take hold of the bounty and the fatness? Is that path the path of suddenly? Are you to the right and to the left? Are you beside the road or are you on the path? See, where are we? And that's important to know if I'm in that path. If he has sent me to this earth with a plan and a purpose, am I on that path? Now, why is it important to know if you're on the path? Because the path will save your life. Now, what do I mean by that? If you're doing what God wants you to do and you haven't fulfilled it, then you have every reason to believe God for your deliverance to come through because you have not fulfilled your plan and purpose on this earth. Remember Romans 8.32 said that, that in Jesus he has freely given us all things. Remember that? Okay. So he gave his son for us. Nothing that we can't obtain that his word and the spirit of power has provided. And you don't have to turn over there, but you could just take a note of it. Roman, uh, I'm sorry, Amos 9, 13 says the days will come when the plowman will overtake the reaper. The plowman will overtake the reaper. And this is a time. This is a time when the harvest is so great that it's hard to keep up with. These are the days we live in. So considering the process of time, has our harvest come? Maybe not so great, but is it great enough that keeping up is a chore? Don't say yes until you know what I'm going to say next. Because this is what most people will say. Yes, God has blessed me so much. I'm so, it's so hard for me. I'm not talking about the toil of trying to take care of stuff. I'm not ta tra talking about the labor of trying to maintain what God's given to you. My goodness, do you think God gave you something to run you into the ground? No, the reason you run into the ground is because you've taken it in the flesh. God blessed you with it, but you now depend on your flesh to take care of it. You've moved out of faith out over into works. Now, considering... Is my harvest great enough 
that keeping up with it is a chore. In other words, is my harvest so great that it's hard to keep up with sowing seed? The plowman's overtaking the reaper. Oh, I'm sowing even more than that. It's just hard keeping up. So much, so much, so much. Looking around, I think we have a ways to go. But yet this is God's desire. It's in his word. The word talks more about prosperity than it does about salvation. Because prosperity is part of salvation. Healing is a part of salvation. Deliverance is a part of salvation. Soundness of mind is a part of salvation. Isn't that right? Is our harvest coming and coming and coming and coming? Or could it be in greater measures? There's nothing you can't obtain that his word and his power has provided. So will we sit here and go, well, that would be nice. I hope that would happen. Or are you going to do what it takes to get in position? You ought to get past the Tim service from 930. If we restore our soul, renew our mind and meditate on what the word of God declares, we can have suddenlies exploding in our life. We can have a harvest of suddenlies exploding in our life. Seed sowing, overtaking the reaper. Hard to keep up with it. Amen. Keeping focused on Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Isn't that right? See, if Jesus is the truth, the enemy can't deceive you. If Jesus is the life, the devil can't kill you. If Jesus is the way, then you can't get lost. It's just a matter of staying on the path. And you'll come to the place that you've been designed for in life. Don't give up. Don't back away. Don't back off. Don't turn to the side. Stay on the path. Isn't that right? Jesus has already done it all. You are free. And you are the one that's been liberated. Glory to God. It's a day of freedom. It's the year of turnaround. Time to turn from the things that the enemy has brought to bring destruction captivity and bondage into our lives turn around from those things to the freedom and the liberty that jesus christ has provided for you amen in all things in your health in your wealth in your relationships in your life in all that you are in all that you do turn around it's turnaround time hallelujah now i know we all want god to come and turn things around you need to turn around it starts in you before it can start happening for you. It's got to happen in you first. You turn around. Yes, Amen. Just like the, that verse that says, And my people that are called by my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Yes. And that is always so misquoted because they leave out the turn from their evil ways part. We just want to pray, God here, and everything be okay. No, he's talking to his people, and he says, turn from your evil ways. You know, it's like one of the most evil things you can do in voting is vote for your convenience rather than voting for what's best or what God would want. You know, at one side of our mouth, we say, God supplies all my needs, and at the other side is, I got to vote this way so the government can take care of me. That's evil. Double-tongued. 
And that double-tongued, vacillating person cannot expect to receive anything from the Lord. Are you with me? Getting on his path. The path that drips fatness. Following after the way, the truth, and the life. Don't turn to the side. Don't get on the side of the road. Stay on the path that drips. Glory to God. Stop trying to get it to drip. I'm trying to get it to drip. Stop it. (laughs) Jesus has done it all. You're free to live under the drip. You're free to drink from the water that drips. It's the drip of freedom that's only found on his path. You've partaken of it spiritually when you got born again. You've partaken of it somewhat in your soul and being renewed and some in your physical body and partially in your finances. But it's also to drip on your character. It's also to drip on your sanctification. It's also to drip on your fellowship with the Lord. So then comes the how. How do I get under the drip? The drip is dripping. It's a matter of whether you're going to be under it or not. How do I get under it? By seeing and hearing the word of God to obtain what drips. All the promises of God, all the inheritance of the Lord, all that he's given to us that pertains to our life and to godliness. More than enough over the top, superabundant, unlimited riches of his glory and his grace. But it's a matter of getting into the Word of God, being taught the Word of God, receiving from the Word of God, and learn to obtain what has been provided through the Word of God. It's time for a turnaround, and it comes from the area of suddenly. Suddenly within, and then suddenly upon. That man that was sitting there in Paul's meeting, he heard what Paul said, and he believed suddenly. Something happened within. And then suddenly, something came upon. Suddenly within, suddenly upon. Hallelujah. Suddenly within will be a conviction. Bring me to a point of decision and choices. And as I make those choices and right decisions based on that conviction, suddenly then comes upon me. Hallelujah. 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 Just lift your hands to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Lord God. Bless your name, Jesus, forevermore glorious King and mighty God. We honor you, Lord. We honor you this day. Hallelujah to our God and to our King. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are the God of suddenly. You are the God of turnaround. You are the God that's more than enough. You're the God that's provided all things. You're the God that has set our path that we can choose to walk on and walk under that which drips upon us. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us, your care, your concern. Thank you, Lord, that you would never, never, never want us to go through this life without. But you're more than enough. You are the God that supplies all of our needs. For our needs being met is on your path that you've set for us. I thank you, Lord, that as these things come alive inside of us, suddenly 
takes place within and suddenly takes place upon. We thank you for it, Lord. We bless you. We praise you for that. Holy Spirit, help us to remember these things, bring these things to our remembrance that we would give ourselves to it, to, to meditate on it, to ponder it, to think about it, to drop it back down into our spirit so that it will grow and produce fruit after its own kind. We thank you, we bless you, and praise you for that in the glorious, wonderful, and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Now, the things that are shared today about the word of the Lord from past, through Pastor Nid and all that, that's available out on the table in the foyer, so help yourself to it uh, on the way out. If you're on live stream or on podcast and you would like to have a copy of that, just let me know and I will email it to you so that you can have a copy also. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless you and praise you, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you with our giving, with our tithe, and with our offering. We come before you, Father, with a heart of gratitude, thanksgiving, and reverence, and honor you in our sowing of our seed. And Father, we're so honored and privileged that you would attach a blessing, a blessing to our giving that even though you could just require our giving, you've attached a blessing to it. So that as we come to you in that reverence and honor to you, that you will then allow that promise to come to pass in our life. You said if we bring the tithe into the storehouse, you open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing till there's not room enough to receive it. Rebuke the devourer for our sake that he'll not destroy the fruits of our ground. You said that if we give, it's given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You said there's one that gives and will increase all the more. Father, I thank you for the promises. And I thank you that you have allowed us in our condition to come before a holy God to bring an offering of love and gratitude. We thank you for it. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. If you need an envelope for credit or cash giving, is an envelope on the seat back in front of you. If not, if you'll raise your hand, the ushers will serve you. There's uh, out in the foyer, there's a box of envelopes out there uh, with your tax receipts from last year. So you can pick them up. They're all in alphabetical order. If you joined us on live stream podcast, thanks again for being with us today. We do pray that the word of God has really touched you, helped you, brought increase into your thinking and into your believing and helping you to get into a position to receive from God that which you need. He is always more than enough and he's always right there with you. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net, click on the giving link. And we thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. If there's anything at all that we can stand with you, believe God with you, and pray with you about, please let us know. It is always an honor for us and our prayer team to believe God and stand with you for your needs to be met. Amen.